Welcome to Frugal Fundamentals, our virtual workshop series where we provide resources and information for athletes to succeed in and out of sports. This is our learning series that focuses on different themes athletes can use and apply to their own financial playbooks. These are live interactive workshops and we hope you like them. Okay, I don't know why this black thing is showing up, but we are live, Frugal Fundamentals. I'm not going to mess with the comment section. I'm just going to wait for our very special guest, uh, Eugene, uh, sorry, Eugene Dorfman. Uh, he's an insurance, uh, I want to say consultant, uh, someone that's helped dozens um, of athletes um, you know, protect themselves. So we're excited to have him on. Someone that I've got to know um, over the last few days, but someone I follow for quite some time. So I think once he sends a request, we'll be able to start, or I can, I think I could, oh, here we go. I can send an invite. Um, yeah, go live. Oh, so in order for you to join, you might have to, it says you have to upgrade your app, uh, Eugene. So we're going to wait for you to uh, upgrade and then we'll we'll be able to have you on. But in the meantime, while we wait for that, um, just going to give you guys some context about uh, Frugal Fundamentals. So Frugal Fundamentals is our weekly virtual workshop. Um, we do this every Wednesday unless things change. Uh, we were able to do this an hour later. Uh, Eugene was able to be um, accommodating you know he's just coming from an award ceremony um, highlighting his achievements over the past couple of years in the florida area so we we thank him for making the time to join us on the uh, frugal fundamental segment you know we started this earlier this year uh, every week whether it's on ig live or more personable on the zoom platform uh, we try to give you work, virtual workshops that help athletes succeed in and out of sports so you know we got some good people on my guy malik Sacktown's finest my brother Kyle, who was able to set this up because he's in the insurance space as well. Uh, so we're excited to have um, everyone on. Uh, Eugene is just fixing some things with um, his IG. Uh, trying, yeah, we're trying, to, we're trying to level up a little bit. Um, but because of the, I guess IG has a new update, they're trying to compete with the new social media platforms. Um, Eugene is just fixing his upgrade and then we'll have him on. So we're going to talk about all things insurance. I got a lot of questions to ask him uh, specifically with everything that's going on um, COVID related. Um, a lot of athletes have kind of changed um, their structure in terms of how they can protect themselves. And uh, for context, speaking of good brands, this the shirt is Kind Humans. A shout out to Rob Archie um, and company, uh, Justin, all them boys doing some good things. So make sure you check them out. Uh, kindness, pass it on. Uh, kind Humans, um, they're doing a lot of great things. So we're going to talk to Eugene about insurance, um, how things have changed with COVID. Uh, for anyone that's looking to get into the insurance space, you know, you know how you can get involved from a sports business standpoint. Uh, we're talking about his career, um, things that athletes need to be made aware of in terms of protecting themselves. There's so many different things that I've learned in my conversations with uh, uh, Eugene already 
that um, I think is going to be very beneficial for um, athletes to understand now. So here we go. We got Eugene coming on. There we go. I think it's got to come on right now. Let's hopefully it work. Yeah. There he is. I was going to maybe send it to you. There we go. Perfect. How you doing, Eugene? I'm good, man. How are you? Thank you for having yeah. me. You dressed to impress. All black, huh? Always. Nice. So, like, talk about it. I mean, you just recently received some awards. So talk about that and talk about, you know, how you got started in your career. I did. So um, I just got off the um, South Florida Business Wealth Up and Comer 2020 award. Uh, I was just given to the, I guess, people that are up and coming, which I hope I am. And hopefully I will uh, up and go sooner than later. And mm -hmm. uh, it was awesome. It was a lot of really, really good uh, candidates. And it was, uh, it was awesome, awesome to be recognized in the community, um, in the insurance space. Uh, that's amazing. So talk about, you know, how did you get started? Because I know a lot of people that are getting into the financial space or the insurance space. Yeah. Uh, how do you get started? What was it like getting your first clients? Uh, what, what did that look like? It's already on, and then let's see if we cancel on this. Okay. Let's Here we go. Why is it trying to have us go live twice? I think you're on. Here okay. we go. You're back on? Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. You got Dan. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. So, you know, I have a very, very un unorthodox way of getting into the sports business. And uh, I always use the term, I'm like, I'm playing with house money because I shouldn't even be here, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a Jewish immigrant from Russia, came to Cleveland, Ohio. My mom's a teacher, my dad's an engineer. You know, I haven't been to a football game until I was a freshman in college. Um, so I played football in high school. I don't want to call it played. I think I was on the team. Uh, and I think I locked in like 17 plays my senior year. Mm -hmm. And I think the only reason I was on a team is because the coach couldn't cut me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was in sales and I work, I moved from um, Ohio to Chicago to LA In LA. I met a sports agent and, um, I started working for the sports agent, learning the game of sports and the NFL side. I remember trying to explain to my Jewish mother uh, what a sports agent does. And I'm like, well, mom, I'm trying to be a sports agent. I'll be uh, managing athletes. And she's like, well, what does that even do, right? And I'm like, ah, it's tough to explain. Um, I worked for the agent and um, I learned this, the business of sports. And there I learned that there's a ton of, there's a lot of agents, right? There's a lot of money managers, but there isn't a ton of insurance advisors. And the contracts of athletes were really growing, right? Mm -hmm. And you saw the trajectory of the contracts going up, up, and up with monster MLB deals, monster NBA deals, and now NFL is finally catching up. And, uh, I realized that there is a very important need insuring athletes and protecting them and managing their risk, 
And uh, three and a half years ago, um, I decided to launch my company and I decided to go on my own and kind of dive into the ocean with no rubber duckies and just figure it out and uh, go from zero clients to, you know, about 30 clients across three major sports and uh, hopefully growing more and more. No, that's what it's all about. So for someone that's not familiar, you know, so how do you uh, help athletes as an insurance uh, advisor? So, you know, insurance is very, it's very boring, right? It's extremely boring. People hate it. But insurance is one of those things that if you, it's one of those where if you don't have it when you need it, you really wish you had it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I try to advise very consultative. Um, athletes are a, they're a different breed because they make a lot of money early on and their income really stops at age 30, mid thirties, right? And yep. primarily they gotta manage that wealth that they accumulated in the very early stages of their life when they're the youngest, right? That should last them next 40 years where for an average person, you don't make any money in your twenties. So you learn the hard way to make money then you accumulate wealth from your 30s and your 50s and your 60s, and then you retire. Yeah. Athletes, they make their money in their 20s while they're young and immature, right? Like all of us, right? Yeah. And then the society is like, well, here's all this money, and now you're going to retire when you're 30, and good luck, right? Yeah. Um, so I try to educate them on that, and I try to protect them, right? And... Um, I teach them about insurance. Um, I don't sell. I try not to sell. People hate insurance, people, dude. Like, I preach it so much. Like, don't be that insurance guy that's always selling, right? I teach. And, you know, Instagram, the platform to run right now, has been a tremendous tool for me because um, I teach on that and allows my platform not to be an obnoxious insurance person because most insurance people when they meet you, like they got to teach you and sell you in an hour meeting where I'm like, Hey, let's get to know each other in our meeting. Follow me on Instagram. I'll post stories. I'll tweet. And you, you can educate on insurance over the course of two, three, four, five months. Most of my big clients, they come to me through referrals. I don't try to really solicit. No. Um, and then outside of that, like, I've done little things like stupid things. Like I have a rookie right now in NFL who needed dental work done, right? And he yeah. didn't know how to read dental insurance. Like he, does, he didn't know what the deductible was. He didn't know. He was like, hey, dude, I want to get my teeth fixed. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, do you have dental insurance? And he's like, I don't know. And he was a high, high pick, right? Because yeah. – at the end of the day, he's 22 years old. And at 22 years old, I didn't know what a dental insurance was because I was on my parents' plan. But because of the, of the statue of the athletes in our, and the amount of money they make, the rest of the 99% of the world assumes that they should know everything and make the rightest decisions. Yeah, you bring up a great point that, you know, when you're an athlete, you have to kind of grow up very quickly. Very um, fast. And some people... You know, if they don't have the right team around them, if they're not mature enough, they can kind of fall by the wayside. And, you know, you talk about insurance. So what ways, like, 
And uh, what I like about you, you know, you talk about the education first. You know, before yep. we had the, uh, the pleasure of meeting, you know, we wanted to touch base. We had a great conversation the other day. Um, I've been following your page for a while. You provide information. And what was really interesting, in, you know, talking with you uh, was the different. Sorry, I had a call come in. My apologies. No, no problem. You know, Let me give me one second. Let me use my computer to text them really fast. All right, that's fine. As long as you get it's back. It's actually home. an advisor for one of the players that needs insurance. <laughs> Always working. That's what happens when you're in insurance. You're always working. Dude, my phone's nonstop. But the thing is that I can't even see you. It's like black screen. There we go. We got a lot of people on, though. That's good. Can you see me now? Um, I don't know. This new Instagram. Can you see me now? No. Nah. You sure want me to hop off and hop back in? Uh... If possible, I would hate to do that, but uh, we might have to do that. Let's see. Let me just, uh, yeah, let me try to close you out and then close you back in. All right, so I'm going to remove you and then just come back on. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, some technical difficulties. But with that being said, um, okay, perfect. So I might, I might just have to, like, wing it so you can see both of us. All right, perfect. Oh, okay. Can you so, see me? Yeah, yeah, I can see you. You're fine. So I'll give me one door. second. Hold on. Okay. No, you good. All right, I'm back. No, no, you're good. Um, so I was saying, like, the fact that you educate, you know, people through your Instagram because you know I've been following you for for a while, um, and then we had the conversation. You talk about the different ways. Um, you can kind of cover athletes or protect athletes through insurance. Um, like you touched on like a number of different ways when we were on the phone the other day. And I yep. thought that was just fascinating. So a couple things keep in mind, right? So they need insurance like everyone else, right? So the auto insurance, very important. Umbrella is crucial. And I'll touch back on umbrella after I list everything, but auto renters insurance is important. Um, you have your typical health insurance, right? And you have home, you have renter's insurance. And then the insurance that I really specialize on is you have the disability insurance that we'll touch later on, yeah. right? And disability is insuring the body, mm -hmm. right? And there's two components to disability. So you have loss of value, which is insuring the contract that you're going to get in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And then the permanent total disability, which is ensuring your career. So if you can no longer earn a living playing a particular sport, soccer, football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, right? The policy pays you out, right? And then I do life insurance. Um, so obviously athletes are huge on family, right? And family, their family more often than not because of the income doesn't work. Right. So the wives, the kids and uh, and even their parents. And there's a lot of people that depend on the income of that one particular individual. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I specialize a lot on life insurance. Your whole family in an event that something happened to you. If one, you haven't had an ability to 
secure that life-changing contract, right? Mm -hmm. Or accumulate that life-changing wealth for your whole family. So life insurance is obviously very important. And then the one thing that a lot of people don't talk about, but in my opinion is incredibly, incredibly crucial, is long-term care. So athletes take a beating on their bodies. Mm -hmm. And it's imperative to have some kind of a long-term care plan installed because when they're in their 60s, 70s, 80s, especially the football players, their bodies are taking a beating. And it's important to protect an ability to have the long-term care, care taken care of them. So having the nurse or having the facility and having that, because by that time, if they had any funds saved, chances are those funds ran out, yeah. right? And we want to protect them from that. That's true. Uh, it's crazy because you mentioned over like six different insurance. And yep. a quote that you said, you know, sometimes, you know, the athletes that need insurance can't afford it and the athletes that can afford it don't need it. Can you explain yep. that a little bit? Yeah. So, and that falls in a lot with disability insurance, right? And especially in the NFL, because NBA contracts are a little bit higher, so there's a lot of wiggle room for those lower-end guys. Mm -hmm. But it's the lower-end guys in the NFL that really need insurance, right? Why? Because if you are a fourth-string, fifth-string wide receiver or a linebacker, a torn ACL is a career-ending. Because yeah. you tear your ACL, you're not, they're not bringing you back. They're just done. The next guy. Yeah, next man up. They're done. Um, so what happens is, but these policies are – they're not cheap by all means, right? So I just quoted a million dollar policy, it's $15,000. Well, a guy that makes a million, two million, three, four, five, $15,000 is a, is a drop of a bucket and it's part of doing business. But for a guy that's on a practice squad that truly, truly needs that disability insurance to protect his career, and he's making 120,000 a year, or even a six round draft pick that's making 395,000, non-guaranteed contract, right? Yeah. Those guys can't afford a fifteen, twenty thousand dollar premium. Those guys need money to live. Yeah. And, and I find that it's a very fine line where guys that need it can't afford it. And the guys can't afford it. They don't really need it, right? Because we'll touch back on like Dak, right? And we'll talk back more on details on that. But at the end of the day, Dak Prescott is making $31 million this year. At the end of the day, if Dak Prescott doesn't play a down, and he plays in Texas, so there's no state income tax. Yeah. If Dak Prescott doesn't play it down, does he need insurance? Sure. It's, is it smart for him to have insurance? Sure. But is Dak Prescott set for life after 2020 if he doesn't play down? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good point that people don't realize because you can't just say, like, you have to get insurance, you have to get insurance. There's so many details around it. Um, you touched on umbrella insurance. Um, you touched on disability, uh, loss of value. Um, the differences can you can you kind of dive into that a little bit more sure um so umbrella insurance is crucial because because of with progressive of internet the contracts are public right yeah so no one really knows how much i make right everybody knows how much that Prescott makes everybody knows how much lebron james makes everybody knows how much a seventh round undraft or seventh round pick makes all you have to do is go to spottrack.com, right? <laughs> yeah. And what happens with that is that once people know how much an individual makes, they become a target. And 
those targets, there's a lot of people that create fake lawsuits. People see somebody with money, they see, they see a young kid, black or white, driving a Bentley, right? That guy re-rents them, a small incident. They Google and they're like, oh shit, it's, you know, it's a starting linebacker on the Dolphins. Yeah. He made $5 million last year. Uh, and you call an attorney, <laughs> I'm on that. Right. <laughs> so if, if I hit somebody, right, they don't know how much money I have. So they have to do the research. It's just harder. So umbrella insurance is excess liability, which protects you. It's kind of like literally an umbrella mm -hmm. that protects you from the limits of your auto insurance or your home insurance and kind of creates a buffer between your bank account and the insurance limits of your outer home, et cetera. So for the people that try to sue you, and if, listen, it doesn't have to be a fake lawsuit. It could be a real lawsuit, right? So yeah. if you're doing something stupid, right? So a guy goes out Sunday night, live in Miami. They don't think they drive, they hit a pole or they hit somebody, right? Yeah. And they have over a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in damage. Their limits on their auto is a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Well, now there's a excess liability of one hundred thousand dollars. Well, you're going to get sued for either personally or have an umbrella policy. And umbrella policies are so cheap. When I tell you they're a hundred bucks a month, it's when I tell my guys it's one of those things where it's almost mandatory. Like you're going to have an umbrella policy. Yeah, no, that's a, that's great advice. That's great advice. And then um, the difference between uh, when you say you, when you broke down disability insurance, how yep. that, how that breaks down to loss of value versus career ending. <laughs> so. Disability insurance is insurance of your body, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can no longer earn a living playing a sport due to an injury or illness on or off the field, if you have a policy, it pays out. Okay. If you happen to be in a contract year, so very important. So I see a lot of tweets, a lot of fans like, oh, man, this guy should have loss of value insurance. You don't qualify for loss of value if you're not in a contract here. So, so like, who had a big injury that wasn't? Um, what's a big injury this year that's not in a contract here, guy? Um, that's not a contract year? Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about Jonathan Isaac. Um, I think he. Jonathan Isaac, perfect. Yeah. I looked him up. Jonathan Isaac wasn't in a contract here. Yeah. Right? So, he can't even have a loss of value policy, right? So mm -hmm. the true loss of value have to be in a contract here, right? So more often than not, you have a PTD, which is a permanent total disability policy. Yeah. So like, remember Ryan Chazier for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, yes, yeah. Okay, so Ryan Chazier gets injured his back. It's clear cut, black or white. You know, it's a career ending injury. If he had a policy, right? the policy would have paid out 100,000%. Now, he's not my client, so I don't know if he had a policy or not, but if he did, that policy would have paid. Okay, so... And then you have... A, go ahead. No, I was saying, so you're, you're in the last year of your deal, that's the only way, but who, who determines the value? Is that like the... Like... So Lloyd's of London. So okay. basically, and a lot of times, so I've had a discrepancy where... I have a, a player, his financial advisor is his agent, reach out to me and say, hey, I need a policy for player X, Y, and Z, right? And I call Lloyds of London and I said, give me a quote. And they come back with a quote. Every loss of value, the, the key point of loss of value is a threshold, okay. right? So 
and let's use Dak Prescott as an example. It, we kind of were planning on talking about later on, but it's, I think it's a perfect segue, right? No, it's perfect. So a threshold is usually 50 to 60% of assessed futures contract, right? Mm-hmm. Like these insurance companies are not in business to be paying out millions of dollars for free, right? Like there's rules and there's speculations of the contract, et cetera. So a rule of thumb is about 50 to 60% of a futures contract. So an average contract for a quarterback in their 20s currently is about $40, $40 million, right? Mm-hmm. So that threshold would have been 24 to $20 million, okay? The reason for the threshold, it becomes a level of the insurance policy. And if Dak Prescott, due to an injury, gets a contract under let's say $24 million, that policy makes up the difference. The policy just doesn't give you a check because that Prescott got hurt, Yeah. right? There's policies like that, they're called critical injury, so they pay you per injury, but they're capped at 500,000 to a million, very low, right? Um, So for that, I actually had a conversation with a friend about it. I personally don't think they're actually, even if he has a policy, so that is not my client, I'm not familiar what he has on. This is a pure speculation, just to keep it on the record. But so Dad dislocated his ankle. He didn't hurt his throwing shoulder. He he didn't have an Alex Smith injury, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He should be back in three to six months. So one, it's not a career-ending injury. So throw PTD out. There's no claim there, right? Now the Cowboys, and if you read the news, the Cowboys basically said that they're going to transition tag him again, which is another franchise tag. Yeah. Well, the franchise tag for Dak is going to be in a $35, $36 million range, which means his annual income in 2021 is going to be $36 million, which is far above the $24 million threshold. Yeah. So there's no claim on this insurance policy. Um, and that's what most people need to understand right and now to dive a little bit deeper and more technical there's two kinds of loss of value policies there's your true annual per year so whatever your average next year is right Mm -hmm. or your total future contract now each policy has its own benefit but each policy has its own deficiency for example on a total contract let's say they give you a threshold of five years 90 million dollars okay well you gotta wait five years because the policy says you have to get $90 million over the course of five years. It doesn't matter if you get it with one contract, if you get it with five contracts. It doesn't matter if you sign one year for $50 million and then four years of four and four and four, right? <laughs> over the next five years, are you going to get $50 million? If the answer is yes, the policy doesn't pay. If the answer is no, the policy pays, right? Yeah. So those kind of policies, you're insure a lot more, but the process of getting a claim on those policies is a lot longer, right? Yeah. So that's always very important to keep in mind. No, this is great information. It, it, the more I talk to you, the, the more I understand how complex insurance is. And I just want to point this out, that there's, this is a disclaimer for anyone that's like, wow, you know, Eugene's talking about this. I need to go to my financial advisor. Make sure you, you know, consult with your team, consult with a consultant that's, you know, familiar in the space, someone like yourself that can help. Um, but as we continue, I wanted to ask about 
you know, you know, you talked about loss of value. So when it comes to like the student athletes that are about to go pro and they sign and then like their value drops or like they get injured yep. in their senior year, is it kind of similar? It's similar, but based, it's based on where you get drafted, right? Okay. So um, I have a client who is a potential first round draft pick. Um, he has a policy that if he falls out out of a fourth round, third round, if he gets drafted anywhere in the fourth round, the policy is going to start paying him, right? Okay. And there's a lump sum of money, right, that will make up the difference of his contract after third round. If he gets drafted in a third round or better, the policy doesn't pay. Okay. And that's kind of what – so, like, do you remember when Zion Williamson got hurt with a shoe two years yeah. ago? Uh-huh. Okay. So that's a, that was an interesting policy. So I found out that the policy was – had a language that it paid out on him if you had an 18th round pick. And you got to think, whoever sold him that policy. Zion Williamson would have been an 18th round pick on one leg out of eighth grade. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. There is yeah. zero chance this policy would ever pay. If that was the threshold that I got for Zion Williamson, I probably would have told him not to do it. Because okay. I think it'd be a waste of money. Yeah, that makes sense. It, sim- similar happened with this year. I was quoted a, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, and the threshold was $18 million. And we decided that it wasn't worth it for the quarterback because he wasn't going to get $18 million even if he tore his ACL. Yeah, that's so interesting. So, like, in the sense of – I don't want to say you're almost – so say you're a student athlete, but what if he's, like, he, his, his values drop because, like, he did, like, a bad tweet or something, and it's not because, like, an injury – or like they scout him and they realize he's not as good as he that's is. A, that's on the that's on the kid. That's, that's you know you mentioned um, when you mentioned about athletes growing up fast. Yeah, man, that's overnight, dude. Like yeah. because you go from you go from being a twenty year old that no one cares about. Yeah, you know, you play in college. It is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. To being a public figure with every move is documented, right? Every single move that you do, right or good, right or bad, is going to be discussed either or. That's true. So it's just, you just can't tweet. Like, you know, um, it's hard to, and the market for college athletes is becoming very hard to secure because of what you just said. Because they're like, well, we don't know if the guy like twists his ankle, but then they found out that he gets a bunch of fights in the locker room. And he falls, like, where's the claim, right? That's true. So there's a lot of gray area for the college players, a lot. Now, it's going to be interesting, too, especially as, you know, NIL continues to take a, a stronghold into the collegiate athlete game. Like, there's more, more eyeballs, and it's more serious now. And when yep. business is behind it, it's, everything's more serious. So It's just, listen, it's, I, I had this conversation uh, – you know, the, the very, very popular, the LeBron James and Jordan debate, right, mm-hmm. that everybody loves. <laughs> and I always say this, like, forget about the work on the court, right? LeBron is accomplishing what he's accomplished under a microscope. Like, same thing with these kids, man. Like, everything you do is under a microscope now. Everything. And mm-hmm. I think we talked about it when we spoke briefly yesterday, right? Yeah. It falls into the work that we do, too. 
Like I've built my business in three years, right? I went from zero clients, zero business to where I'm at today in under a thousand days, right? The biggest tool of that is internet, right? Because you're able to spread the word so fast. Yeah. You're able to spread the message so fast. You're able to spread your thoughts so much faster than before. But it's a double-edged sword, right? Because if I do something bad, like I got to always think. I, get, I can't piss people off. Because you know what? If I piss you off, all you have to do is tweet to your contacts, hey, Eugene sucks at insurance. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if I can defend myself because it's there. Yeah, it's already there. Yeah. And, and I can respond and say, hey, man, you're wrong. I don't suck at insurance. Please take it down or call an attorney. But, hey, man, if there's a person that's on a fence of working with me or not, well, they just went on the other side of the fence. That's true. And you have to keep it very – it's just so important in everything in life where everything on the Internet is, you know, we're always getting reviews. We're always – it's all public. And for athletes now, everything you do is on a – if you do something stupid, people are going to find out about it. Yeah. And they're going to find out a lot faster than – Five years before 10 years or 20. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause you know, we talked about, you know, you know, insurance agents, you know, they kind of get a bad rap and, you know, in the, in the various leagues, you know, you have to have like a, you have to pass like a criteria to be certified within the league. Um, is it, is it like that for uh, insurance? Absolutely not. And I'm probably, I'm going to get hated in the insurance world once I say this, but I truly believe it. It's a very easy license to get. And there's not enough regulation. And I truly feel that I wish, me included, it was a lot more ways and more obstacles to get a license. Um, no, I don't do any investment. So I stay strictly in an insurance space. Um, in order to get an insurance license, you can, sell, you can, you can get it in three months, right? Mm -hmm. And once you have this license and get licensed by the state, you can literally go to LeBron James, who makes $40 million, and advise him on insurance. It is astronomically terrible. It is very, very bad. Like, I've done... It was grossly, grossly oversold on life insurance. But the player didn't know this because when he bought it, he was a young kid making very high seven figures. Mm -hmm. But the policy was designed where he could never, ever make it finishing the premiums. And the policy lapsed, and he lost money. And there's no regulation. You can't even sue the guy because he sold you a policy. Like, it's like he sold you a policy, you signed off paperwork, and you're done, yeah. right? And, and I think there's got to be a lot more regulation, and that's where it becomes very, very dangerous in, in sports. Because these athletes, they have young friends who are like, oh, man, my, you know, my, my friend is a first-round draft pick. Let me sell them some life insurance or some and, – and they don't, do what they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. A lot of that happened in the loss of value space. So the disability insurance gets a terrible, terrible rep. And all you see on Twitter – excuse me – is disability insurance doesn't pay. Disability insurance pays. You know what doesn't pay? If you sell loss of uh, PTD as a loss of value, mm -hmm. right? 
But yeah. because loss of value is more expensive, a lot of guys were selling loss of value as PTD. So then player gets hurt. He gets a less contract. And he's like, hey, I have a claim because I, uh, you know, I twisted my ankle really bad and I missed five games. And the insurance company is like, <laughs> no, you don't. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a career-ending injury? No, you signed another deal. I'm sorry it was less. And the players get pissed off. The agents get pissed off. The advisors get pissed off. But at the end of the day, it's just people oversell insurance. And sometimes people sell insurance who shouldn't be doing or advising very high net worth individuals. But, you know, but there's a lot more regulations now. Yeah. There is a... Uh, there's a lot there's people tweeting about it's you have to do what's right because right now you do something bad people are going to find out yeah. players talk players are a lot more cognitive of money yeah. right they're they want to learn they want to know they're getting into other things they're more like they're the agencies are moving towards being very transparent the financial advising world is very transparent and there's definitely loopholes and areas where you know guys steal money or people mismanage money but i think it's a lot more regulated now than ever no that's great so for some for an athlete you know you, there's always like a criteria of questions to ask for financial advisors but what questions should they ask you know investment advisors or sorry insurance advisors and insurance consultants i would just talk to friends man like i would talk and it's on financial advisor I'll tell you something. I saw something long time ago, and um, it's I saw it on the internet, and it really caught my eye because it's so simple yet so true, right? When guys hire a financial advisor, ask him to show his credit report. Ask him to show you his portfolio, right? Because what are you doing? Like, I always find it funny guys taking financial advice from guys that make no money. Right, like I see a lot of advisors that are broke. They're advising athletes on money. And it's like, I mean, dude, you're 35, 40 years old. You've not, you don't know how to make money for yourself. How, are you, how can you be advising someone else on money, yeah. right? Like, I'd like my advisors to be making six, seven figures. Yeah, if makes, I was an athlete, makes sense. right? Yeah. Because I'm making six, seven figures. So if I'm an athlete, I want my advisor to be in the same threshold as yeah. me that's true so i think it's very important it's like yeah it's like having a mentor you have to know someone like on your level or a higher level so you can learn uh, things 100 percent. Yeah, that makes sense that's really my cool. advisor anybody that's advising me should be better than me at what they're advising me yeah right that's true. so how can somebody advise me on money if they don't make or know how to make money yeah that's true Maybe they have the information though. Maybe they did like the like from the education standpoint. Uh, depending on what it is, depending on what it is. Got to apply your education. We all went yeah. to college. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we all have four degrees, but it's what we're doing with those four degree, four year degrees for twenty, thirty years after. That's true. I mean, so, most successful and mo you know that most successful people didn't go to college. Oh, that's uh, you could argue that. Yeah, but that's true. Um, LeBron's agent didn't go to agency school. No, he's the biggest true. agent. He's the biggest agent in NBA right now. Oh uh, yeah, Rich Paul. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a great job. I uh, love what they're doing with Clutch Sports. Uh, uninterrupted, that whole team. Um, yeah. But to be fair, Rich Paul did 
you know, worked with CAA. He did the internship. He got mentorship. That's experience. That has experience. But and, that's experience. Uh, exactly. Right? That's yeah. experience. He's learning on the job. Um, you had a tweet that that's kind of that, that I, I want to say went viral, but uh, a lot of people were like uh, really responding to it. Obviously, we're in a situation right now, COVID, hope everyone's staying safe, um, despite the, the struggles that have faced not only in sports, but health-wise. Um, yep. Can you talk about that tweet and like what you, what you wanted to get away when you tweeted that? Yeah, so, so COVID has a lot of uncertainty around it, mm -hmm. right? We don't know what's going to happen 20, 30 years from now. Like, well, the scary part about COVID is not what is today. It's the fact that we know so little about the disease, right, and the virus. And we don't know if 20, 30 years from now, you know, I'm going to be diagnosed with some weird lung disease, and they're going to find out that even though I was never sick with COVID, because of the virus, it, like, built inside of me and messed up my lungs, yeah. right? So I always tell my clients, athletes or not athletes, buy term life insurance. Because once you buy the insurance today, you don't have to buy it again. And if you properly buy term insurance, you can always convert it into permanent. And term insurance gives you all the flexibility that you need without really committing any big financial commitments to it, right? So yeah. term insurance for a 20-year-old is... 50 bucks a month, a 20-year policy, right? You yeah. lock it in, and if you, if you don't have kids, you know, I'm 37, I don't have family. But I have probably three, four million of life insurance already ready to go because I don't know what my life is going to be like 10, 20 years from now. So I want to secure that, right? That's and with COVID, I noticed that on the life insurance side, the underwriters are becoming very, very strict. They need a lot more information, they need a lot more detail. They need a lot more everything. And I tell my clients this, just buy a million dollar term policy will cost you 30 bucks a month. It's a lunch. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you put it in simple terms like that, I feel like people can gravitate towards that much. Like one lunch. Yep. You know, it's one lunch. One lunch. That's, that's, really, that's really good. And, 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 you don't, so, and you don't want to be in a position when later on you can't buy insurance, right? So insurance especially life insurance is the cheapest for each individual today. Like yeah. tomorrow for everybody that's listening, the insurance can be more expensive. It's never going to go. It's never going to be cheaper tomorrow than it is today. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You're only going to get older. You're only going to get unhealthier and you're only going to get worse. Right. As an insurer with your insurability. Yeah. And COVID opens up so many uncertain doors. Right. Yeah, that you should grab some insurance as soon as you can with a credible company. So I preach this to all of my clients. I know people see the whole like, hey, insurance dollar a month on TV, right? I don't want to buy insurance from like highly insurance, Eugene's insurance company, right? Because I want to make sure that when push comes to shove and the claims need to be made, the, the company is going to pay the claims. So what I want to do is I always tell my clients this. There's five to ten really good, credible insurance companies. Make sure you buy it from them. Yeah. And, and, and especially when you're young and if you're not a smoker, the price difference is going to be minimal. We're talking a dollar or two. 
right? Versus a small little company versus a big, good, strong, AAA rated company. No, it's really important. And uh, Eugene, I really appreciate you taking the time. Before I let you go, um, the floor is open for any questions if anyone has anything. But what I've been able to learn is that, you know, at least the wealthy people, they use insurance as a way to build generational wealth. Can you touch on that before uh, yeah. I let you go? Of course. So on life insurance, we can probably spend another hour talking yeah. about it because it is complicated. And there's a lot of different policies and there's different concepts that I have versus other people, right? But the one key important thing of life insurance is that when a, in a poor family, so imagine two families, right? And in the poor family, when a person dies, that family accrues debt, right? With burial costs, with the debt that the person might have had that you have to take on, right? With their liabilities, mortgage, auto payments, et cetera, right? And in a wealthy family, when one person dies, with life insurance, there's an influx of capital, okay? Both families are both on, sad, they're both sad. They both lost a loved one, right? And they're both survived by wife, kids, and uncle friends, right? But family A is not only sad, but they're also more broke than they were yesterday. Yeah. Family B is sad, but now there's a generational wealth passing yeah. and if you notice over the course of let's take a family right and over the course of four or five generations over the next 100 150 years when you keep adding on this like the life insurance wealth passing right that's how a family name can become wealthy truly truly wealthy yeah. because the money doesn't get added to anywhere right if it just get added into the family name yeah. Which allows kids to start businesses. It allows a surviving spouse to maintain the same mortgage. It allows the family to live the life that they're, the person that died envisioned for them. That's right? True. And you can only get better and better versus when in a poor situation, a family dies and now you're, you're sad and you're broke. Yeah. Right? No, I think as Malik mentioned, you know, like, you know, you talk about family names like the Rockefeller. And that's that, I feel like that's what athletes are trying to do now, build that generational wealth. And if you do it right way, the right way through insurance, um, rest in peace, Kobe. I know I'm, I'm sure, you know, he kind of set his family up in a strategic way, as sad as, as, sad as it is. Uh, I don't want to say it's, it's more sad to be uh, sad and broke, but that's that. But, it, but hold on. But it, but, but, you, but it is. Yeah. It's what I said earlier, right? In both situations, both family lost somebody. They're both yeah. sad, right? But I'll tell you something. So I'm a Russian Jewish immigrant. I came from Russia. My parents didn't have a ton of money. They, the typical American dream, the immigrant dream, right? Yeah. And maybe six, seven, eight, man, maybe longer. Don't quote me on the number, but my grandpa died. My grandpa didn't accumulate wealth in America. We were only here for 15 years. And my parents were not on their, you know, feet like they were, they are now or how they should be, right? And when my grandpa died, my parents had to put his burial costs on a credit card. 
-hmm. Now understand the concept. Not only are they 10, 15,000 poor, right? They now put that 10, $15,000 on a 24% interest rate debt. Yeah. That when they all, when they pay it off, it's going to cost them $30,000 because a poor family can't afford to just pay a thousand dollars a month. They're paying the minimum payment and they're paying two, $300 a month. And that takes years to pay it off. Right. And yeah. I thought of that while I was younger, it's like, well, if only my grandpa had, doesn't have to have a crazy policy. Right. But even if I had a $50,000 policy, my parents wouldn't be in the debt that they're cured after he passed away. Um, and it's so important. Yeah, you, you, that's a great story. I love how you put that. Um, and it just puts it into perspective, like something simple as, you know, being proactive, something that every, as, as, as sad as it is, is like as truthful as it is, everyone's going to die. So, you know, being proactive about it and helping your family when you do pass, um, that can make the world a difference. And there's athletes, when it comes to athletes, they have to see a big picture, right? Because most athletes come from the, a poor neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. We spoke about this earlier, right? They're not educated on the money. I had an athlete tell me when, you know, the financial advisors, he interviews financial advisors, and these guys were coming in interviewing him, and they're dropping words like dividend and bond and portfolio, and he's like, Eugene, I've never heard those words before. I got, I, I, like, I, I got scared. I got nervous. And I think it happens more often than not, right? Yeah. And because a lot of these guys are, they don't know where, they don't know the world of money, right? They don't see the big, big picture. But there's guys that learn fast, they understand, and they get it. Nice. And they set up proper planning, and they do, and they properly organize their financials. And they, they live happy in their retirement like they did when they were playing. Perfect. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, Eugene, I feel like when I, next time I'm in Florida, we got to connect. I feel like we can go on forever. Man, I can talk. I can do this all day long. But, uh, but when are you in Florida next? We'll go, we'll go to a heat game. Oh, for sure. Um, actually, I should be uh, actually there pretty soon. I'm going to visit my boy Kyle. Uh, shout out to Kyle for, you know. Right. He put it us together. Yeah, he put us together. So. Is he on? I think he's on for sure. So we'll make sure we all connect next time out there. Man, I love the guy just messaged me on Instagram, called me. We had a conversation. I love it. And people don't understand. It's easy to connect now, man. Like. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's it. Yeah, so uh, how can people contact you? Where can they find you? Obviously, I've been following you for quite some time, but whether it's yeah. Instagram, Twitter, um, website. There he is. Kyle, Kyle is on. Yeah, respect. Uh, where can they find you? If you want to find me, I'm very easy to find, man. My cell phone is on my Instagram. I use my Instagram a lot. Um, my girlfriend, she's on. She's my number one hype man, Stephanie, also in the business. She hates it. Like, oh, yes, Stephanie Serrano. So, um my phone is attached to my hip, man. Like, it's attached. Like, I'm looking at my computer. My computer is open right now, so I see what text must just coming in to see who I need to respond right after. I haven't been away from my phone for, like, an hour like this at a time, ever. And it's just my, my cell phone is open. People can text me. If somebody wants to talk, one thing about insurance, I think it's such a hated industry that I want good insurance people. And first off, there's 327 million people in America, right? 
Mm-hmm. I couldn't get everybody as a client if I tried. Now, everybody wants to work in a sports field and we all want to have athletes as clients. At a given year, there's 5,000 athletes between the all major sports. I couldn't cover those every client if I tried as well. And I love for insurance to be an industry that is respected, that people like. When people hear insurance, they're like, oh, man, I need insurance. Insurance is good. I love my life. I like my life insurance policy. I like my home policy. I don't hate insurance. I don't hate my insurance advisor, right? And when people call me, I have people message me all the time. If they just need a question or how I got into it, how to do good things, just hit me up. Mm-hmm. That's all. You got to just shoot me a message, and I'll be happy to uh, – to educate and teach from what I've learned and from my experiences. Now, everybody has different experiences, but um, from my experience, at least I can share that knowledge. Man, respect. You know, I learned a lot just, you know, within two conversations, I've learned so much. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I tried it. Uh, and by the way, I didn't swear that much. Yeah, you did good. I, you, I know. I, I told you, you're allowed to swear. We keep it. We keep no. It. So, so Stephanie told me she didn't want me swearing. Okay, respect. You know, it's, it's good PR, trying to clean up the image. I, I feel it. I, I like a good F-bomb every now and then. <laughs> no, but yeah, so for the people that didn't tune in, um, make sure you guys connect with Eugene, um, sharing valuable info. We'll have this repurposed. It's going to be on IGTV right after this. It'll be on YouTube at a later date, and then it will be uploaded to our podcast platforms as well. I want to thank you so much for taking the time. You know, I, I definitely feel like we'll be connecting uh, in the future real soon. I listen, it's humbling to have you reach out to me. You interview a lot of good people. It means a lot, man. Thank you so much. Almost there. Catch you soon. Appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. Frugal Fundamentals are originally posted live on our Instagram or private Zoom link. For more information on how you can join our private virtual workshops, check the show notes below. Help me help you. Sometimes you don't gotta go far to discover the truth.